Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests which are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about these studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is health discussions with family and friends. Hello, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. Uh, this, this has less to do with scientific studies, I'll tell you, than it does with uh, feelings of the heart and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the knowledge that we have because uh, not everybody's on the same page uh, with regards to health. And we can see that now with the big split in the country over those who feel vaccination is a good thing and those who feel it's not as good as it should be. But hopefully we'll survive that. I don't know whether that's going to happen, but I I know that there's a lot of history here, probably between both of us, uh, about how we have encountered family and friends over the past when there were health issues that needed to be resolved but uh, weren't getting resolved. I've had some that have come to me for help and some that mm-hmm. didn't. Are you in the same category? Yeah, I, and that's a real hard split. Um, I talked about this with my students a lot of when you are in the position of having people approach you to help, there's a, a great sense of relief, especially if you know what you're talking about, right? And that you actually know how to help people. And then the hard, um, disheartening piece is watching friends and family that don't want help or don't ask for help um, and knowing that there is something that they, you could help with in terms of like prevention or mitigation of the symptomologies. It's for me, one of the most heart-wrenching places that I've had to be in knowing what I know about the, the content that you and I discuss always. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the one that um, was the most gratifying, but also very difficult because, you know, sometimes you, you're, you're in your family situation and with the children, for instance, you have to do a tough love, right? Well, mm-hmm. Sometimes with friends, you have to do the same thing. And I can remember having lunch with a really good friend of mine two or three times over a month or so. And every time he had this bandage on his temple. And I thought, what the heck's going on? And whatever that is, it should have healed by now. And so I just said, hey, buddy, uh, what's, what's behind the... Uh, the, the bandage. And he said, oh, it's just something that won't heal. And I said, can I look at it? And he said, sure. And I said, so why do you think it's not healing? And he said, I don't know. I put the creams on it and I do this and nothing seems to help. And I said, maybe that's cancer. And uh, I said, I think you should get it checked out. And I guess what I said at the time was, you know, I really don't want to hear from you again until you've had it checked out, <laughs> which was pretty hard. But I was, uh, I, I was really uh, disturbed about it and, and, and wanted him to do this action immediately. And what he did, and it was cancerous, and, and he had to have uh, the cancer removed. And then, you know, we talked about 
because he's really into health. I mean, this is really the peculiar part of it. He's really, uh, really knowledgeable about health. But we talked about nutraceuticals and about creams and stuff that might help to keep that from coming back. But that was a tough one because uh, I just felt that the, he was such a close friend that I, I, didn't, I didn't want him procrastinating anymore. I mean, time was just really of the essence. And that one worked out. So do you have a nice success story from a family friend like that? Yeah, I had um, a family friend that was dealing with prostate cancer and, um, you know, had come to me of like, I think it's my diet. I think it's related to my diet and I'll do anything. Right. Um, and so it was a situation where we went on a pretty strict protocol with detoxification, uh, lots of supplementation, looking at the mind-body connection. Um, and the results were amazing. I mean, um, remediation and never the prostate cancer did not come back. That's not to say that always happens, but in this situation, he caught it early enough for that to be the case. And also was really dedicated to doing all, um, of the lifestyle and dietary and nutritional interventions that were suggested. And, you know, I think that was one of those places where I'm like, oh, this is a success. But then I also have equally had friends and family that um, have wanted to try to implement nutritional changes and have dabbled with it and then have walked away from it. And I think that's probably one of those places that is really important to address that for most of the illnesses that we talk about in terms of prevention and reversal and mitigating the symptomologies, it really takes kind of an abrupt lifestyle change that you have to commit to. And that can be really challenging because of psychological, mental, social, um, and economic factors that have really cemented the behaviors that are promoting the illness in the first place. Wow. You, you, you just gave me an opening as big as a 18-wheeler truck. <laughs> that, that was amazing. As soon as you said the word psychology, I went, oh, I've reopened the door for me. I, 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 I had a, a friend, uh, both of Ingrid's and mine, uh, who was really overweight. And uh, I just said, you know, um, ha have you tried to lose that weight? And uh, she said, yeah, nothing, nothing seems to work. And uh, I said, well, I'm willing to, to coach you a little bit if you're interested. And she said, sure, that'd be great. So I coached her for two or three weeks. And then, you know, I, I did a follow-up uh, call and said, you know, how's it going? Uh, you know, I can't stick to this and I can't stick to that. And I went, hmm, maybe you need to go see a doctor and get some tests, you know, get some, get some tests done because maybe there's something going on that, you know, isn't just about the symptoms and just about the eating. It's, it could be deeper. So I referred her to a good functional medicine doctor and the, the doctor worked with her for, you know, a month or so. And uh, I, I contacted her and said, so how's it going? She said, I, I haven't lost any weight at all. Uh, she said, I, I really don't know what's happening, right? <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, okay, um, here I go. <laughs> and so I said, well, maybe uh, it's not the biology. Maybe it's not the diet. Maybe it's something, you know, maybe you're, you, you have an addiction to some foods that you can't really, really, really deal with. Or maybe you have an emotional issue, maybe even something from your past. And that was the end of it. I never heard from her again. 
Mm-hmm. And that was that was abrupt, you know. The, the last message was the last message, and I think it, I think I said I hit a very sensitive nerve, and I think that she probably had. I'm not saying that it is this, but it's probably issues from her one of her parents, and uh, and then she developed a kind of an emotional eating disorder. And then mm-hmm. probably it was coupled with some things that she really liked to eat. So there was probably some addictive factors there too. But I don't, I think now in the last two or three years, uh, I have seen her every once in a while in the market. She hasn't lost an ounce. And so sometimes you have a success and sometimes you don't. Uh, so please tell me you have something that didn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm. I- <laughs> I probably have more example. You know, that's such the difficult piece is that I think with the clients that I've worked with, it's really easy to, and I say this really um, loosely, and I should say that I'm using quotation marks that the listeners can't see. It's seemingly easy to say, oh, I want to make uh, health and lifestyle changes. The reality of making those changes and sticking to those changes is a whole other conversation that we can have. I mean, this is part of what my PhD is focused on is how do we help people make long-term lifestyle changes that they can actually stick to. Um, and I think I've got probably new, too numerous of examples to even begin to pick one around individuals that I've worked with that are like, okay, well, I'll stick to that. And then when I go to check back with them two weeks later, six weeks later, four months later, or six months later, Oh no, I couldn't do that. Um, and you know, there's so many factors that are going on there. This morning I was teaching and we were talking about food additives and how food additives, especially in fat and foods that are high in fat and in salt and sugar are really addictive. And if you, this is a new conversation for you, Dr. Benz and I have recorded another podcast for you to go back to around food addictions. And so there's this piece there that's so emotional with food. I think you can easily hit a nerve with anybody that you work with um, or coach or try to help, especially when they're really close to you around trying to get them to look at their food choices from a different angle. Well, uh, okay. You opened up another, uh, another good one there, but uh, I, 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 I have a, a, a similar uh, situation where the family is actually split on this, okay? Mm-hmm. And the wife is into uh, health and, and eating. So if the health, if the wife had got the cancer, she would be all over this thing, right? Because for the last 30 years, she, she ran every day, she lifted weights, she ate the right foods. I mean, she, she looks 30 years younger than she really is. Unbelievable. And the husband's exactly the opposite. They, in fact, don't even eat the same foods at, at dinner. She has to make two meals, one for him mm. and one for her. And so when he got cancer, it was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? So I sent her all the information, you know, thinking, well, she's going to be able to get him to be organized and get this all together, right? Mm. And No. She wrote me back and said, I would do it, but he will not do it. He will not take all these pills. He will not change his whole, his whole diet uh, as a result of this. 
and and she said I might get him to do a few things. And so so tell me what the most priority things are, and I will try to get him to do those things. And that's and that was really interesting to me because this was a life threatening thing. This was even more immediate than weight loss. I mean, this was. Mm -hmm. If this cancer is not treated correctly immediately, it's going to metastasize. It's going to spread. All right. And no, he he just he just couldn't he couldn't give up the things that he's loved his whole life. It's just not worth it. Uh, you you rem remember we talked about the the, the guy who's the, uh, the the television host who said you know you have to pry my hamburger from my cold dead hands. And you know he he made the changes because he was forced to because he his doctor told him if you if you don't change you're gonna probably not gonna be here any longer, and so anyway he he did and then it, certainly it did metastasize all right and it, and it went from where it originally had been to the brain, and then there were all kinds of complications, and all I can do in this situation is send articles that show. This is a treatment that really works for the brain. But you know what? Some people are so locked in to conventional medicine, even when it doesn't work, time after time after time, one diagnosis after another words. In other words, it didn't work for the first treatment, then it spread, and it didn't work in that area of the body. And then it spread again, and it didn't work in that area of the body. And I'm thinking to myself, when is this person going to get the picture? that mm -hmm. these treatments are toxic and they're not working. And all I can tell you is I have somebody on, 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 on a family side who's gone through exactly the same thing. The husband, although this time the husband is a, a health practitioner and acupuncturist, should know a lot of things, has really never studied nutrition that much. But anyway, they went totally conventional and again, the breast cancer spread to the brain, and now it's in other parts of the body. And so all I could do was send more information and tell them, you know, you have to find somebody natural in your area to do it. Well, they found a natural oncologist, and apparently they started working with this person, and they sent me the protocol that the person was doing, and it was a good one. It was really good. We probably got about 70% of it right. But the 30% that, that she didn't get right I sent the, 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 the uh, treatments that would work, uh, that, that would go beyond what she was providing. And um, no, I, uh, I, as far as I know, they haven't contacted me back to say, well, we're interested in finding out more about that. And yet a third person I hardly knew who came to me for help, who was a daughter of a, of a guy who a fa her father had cancer. She has done everything I ever asked her to do. I said, go see, go talk, go talk in an interview with Dr. Moss. Uh, consider this doctor in, in Maldora. And everything I said to that family, 100%, they said, we're going to do it. So mm -hmm. there's like three distinct uh, situations where we got no response from one, we got a partial response from the other, and we got a total buy-in and response from the third. And I hate to tell you this, but the person that, that is following all the advice, they're going to have the best, the best results, even though the cancer is in three places already. But this person is pretty healthy. 
and he's intelligent and the whole family is buying in and supporting him in this. And so you have to have your family on board. You have to have your friends and your people at work on board. Everybody has to be on that team. And so, wow, it, it, those three examples really capsulize it for me because everybody falls into one of those three categories, I think. So I agree. Any, any more case studies before I tell you the one about the, the, the person who has a PhD in nursing? Well, I think as you were speaking, what came up for me was looking at the differences in blue zones. You know, in one, in blue zones, we don't see really the incident rates of cancer, of heart disease, of type 2 diabetes, of most of the of depression and anxiety, most of the illnesses that we see in the United States that we sort of think are commonplace. And so for me, it's always beget this question of like, well, what's going on? And your conversation around Having a practitioner that one helps you see the whole wide scope of all of the different modalities that need to be taken um, in order to help prevent the disease or mitigate it or address it at its current state is essential. But then that role that you were talking about of having to have support. I mean, I have family members that unfortunately have type two diabetes and unfortunately have heart disease, um, you know, and they're not doing anything about it. And all I can do is be the one that shows up with pomegranates and quinoa salad and, you know, try to be the person that's like, hey, have you had a glass of water today? Have you tried to eat these greens? They're really good for you. Or, hey, here's this article. And, you know, from a personal perspective, that's heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. It's some of the worst things about being in the field that um, you and I are in is when you can't help. At least for me, it is. And the individuals that have taken um, the information and the guidance and the advice and the resources and the research to heart have always been the ones that have that support system and not only have that support system, get their mind right around I'm doing all of these activities and I'm making these changes because I'm going to overcome this. There's so much to say about what's going on mentally and emotionally when we're talking about addressing family and friends, especially with making behavior changes. Well, I, 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 it's really funny that you say this because as you're talking, I'm thinking I, I have a total split again in, in, in my mm -hmm. friends because I have one group of friends that's so intimidated by me that when there's an invitation to dinner, they they send the menu to me and say, this is what we're going to serve. Is this okay? <laughs> I'm thinking, do I come across that that strongly that there's certain foods that I won't touch? Because they literally, and this has been going on for years now, they they want to make sure that when I get there, there's some foods. Because I can tell you when I when I didn't have that kind of uh, support from my family and from my friends, I would bring food with me <laughs> and it would be in the car. And if they brought, brought something that really wasn't appropriate, and I would go out to the car and bring my foods in, my raw vegetables and my other things. And I know people were listening and they're going, okay, he's a little crazy. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a little nuts here. But I don't do that anymore. I, I, I did that before, but then I learned that, you know, I have to tell people ahead of time that if you're going to have a party and something, could you include this and could you, and they're okay with that. Okay. 
just a little bit of advice goes a long, long way. And guess what? When those foods show up, those are the foods that are gone first. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing when people find out how healthy these foods can be. But on the other side of the equation, I, I, I have a friend, uh, more my wife's friend of mine, but she has a PhD in nursing. And her father was a medical doctor. And so she's really locked in, except she had digestive issues and asked for my help. And so I sent her some information on digestion. I think she followed it for a while, but then she wanted to keep on taking the Prolozec. Well, Prolozec is, is not going to be a good long-term solution. And then she's eating a lot of foods that are pre, you know, prepared foods, and they don't have much nutritional value in them. And so she's having eye problems. You know, she's blind in one eye because of all the detached retina that she experienced. Then she's getting a bad uh, vision on the other eye. Her joints are deteriorating. Her stomach is always upset. And she's she, she drinking wine and, and, and taking Prolozac and eating bad foods. And so this is just going to exacerbate. She's had joint replacements. She's had all kinds of problems. And this person has, you know, a doctor in her family, but she's so wedded to the medical system and to her habits and her desires, she can't break any of these habits. And she can't put it, separate herself and say, okay, uh, natural evidence-based medicine really works and I want to give it a try. So it was like a little bit of an effort, but not, not very much, not very much success. And I got to tell you, I've lost a lot of, of uh, friends of, uh, and family members over the last several years with, with illnesses like Parkinson's and ALS, who just were so locked in to the medical, conventional medical community that they could not see their way clear to look for something that was going to be a little bit different. And, and I even had one of my nephews on a pathway to doing better. And I said, here. Here's the, here's the protocol that I would recommend that you, you do with your doctor. He probably gave it to the doctor and the doctor went, oh, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. And uh, that's, I haven't heard from that nephew again now in six months. And so he shut it down because he didn't, he didn't understand what I was telling him. I tried to educate him about how to understand how the body works. But I think, Aubrey, that's one of the things that people don't know how their body works. And they. No, I agree with that. I mean, do you have any examples of that? That, that was, woman did not know that Pravizek is suppressing uh, her stomach acid. And actually, her, in her situation, she did not have enough stomach acid. And the Pravizek is used to suppress that and make it, or make it even worse. And 90% of doctors get it wrong when they diagnose this acid reflux, because they then immediately think it's the, it's the uh, excess uh, acids in the, body, in, in the stomach, and it's not. In 90% in of the cases, it's actually not enough acid to break down the foods. And so, uh, do you have anything other than that, than any specific things before we uh, sign off on this one, because we give give people uh, uh, some good ideas about how to approach this. I mean, I, I think articles are good, books are good. I've I've sent them, I sent books, I've sent articles, but maybe we need to develop 
some basic understanding for people first before how how the body works. I don't know whether we have the time to do that, but any any insights you can would be really, really helpful. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of pieces that come up for me is like, um, you know, I agree with you that people don't understand how their body works, especially a lot of my clients are dealing with anxiety um, and having a pretty standard American diet. And so when I start to talk to them about, well, you know, you're probably not producing enough serotonin and dopamine in the gut microbiome because your gut is altered or there's in a state of dysbiosis due to the processed foods that you're eating. There's this moment where there's a complete disconnect and of like, oh, what do you mean? Neurotransmitters are produced in my stomach. How does that even happen? Right? Like we don't have a basic physiology understanding of how our body is truly interconnected. I mean, we could talk about this and we've talked about this multiple times of people that are craving chocolate. It's not about the chocolate. It's about the fact that your body is deficient in magnesium, right? And so there's these pieces there that we have missed out on of just being intuitively aware of the ways that our bodies are signaling to us something is not right. Something is out of homeostasis. And so I think that's one area that we could obviously spend a whole other podcast talking about how do we increase education around how the body just physiologically works. I also think that it's really short-sighted, at least in my opinion, for me with anybody that approaches me to tell them about, oh, you just need to eat better, or here's the ways that you can eat better, or here, um, look at this research article. In my experience, I've had to actually show people that. That's part of the reason why I became a personal chef and a plant-based chef at that was so that I could take people into the kitchen and be like, hey, here's how you prepare this collard green salad or this fermented sweet potato fly. And this is what it's doing in your body. That application of truly showing somebody how to prepare food for themselves that's actually capable of healing their body, I think is the biggest place where any of us can begin to start. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't have the background that you do, so uh, I, 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 took, I take a different approach now. I send people two assessment tools. One is an eating habits survey where they just check off yes or no. And then there's a score. And, you know, if, if you have a bad score on these 20, 25 questions, you'll see very quickly <laughs> that you have a bad score. Mm -hmm. And then the other assessment tool is a symptoms assessment. And so people get a chance to tick off. There's 17 different nutrients and they tick off whether they have certain symptoms. And if they have four points or more, like some symptoms are worth two, some are worth one. But if they have uh, four points on any of those nutrients, then they have a deficiency. And so that's the way that I've been approaching it. And, you know, a lot of people are starting to respond to that. And they're starting to say, mm -hmm. my goodness, I did have leg cramps and, and I did have this and that. So magnesium was popping up, right? And so yeah. I think combining my evaluation thing with your cooking advice is the one, two, three combination. We should put Completely. something together on that. I'm and all get for it. it, Dr. Benz. Okay, super duper. <laughs> The last, the last thing, because you mentioned anxiety, is I, I, I have a, a family member, a very young family member with that anxiety, and, and I also know that, that that person doesn't eat enough vegetables, and so I've been asking the family, you know, you, she needs to get these kinds of tests. And they were saying, oh, she'll grow out of it, and it's not a problem, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she went to go to college uh, and, 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 and had such anxiety that she couldn't leave home to go to college. And I thought, maybe now there's going to be a recognition 
that this young person isn't eating enough vegetables, isn't handling whatever genetic predisposition she has around anxiety. And so now, all of a sudden, I have a little bit more interest in this topic. And before that, because the, 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 the daughter that's two years older, she, got, she wanted to get out of the house as soon as she could. <laughs> it just left like a shot. <laughs> and uh, so the difference between the two were very, very remarkable. So it had to be that it wasn't the nurturing situation. Uh, it was the nutritional situation. And so now the, the, now the family is starting to say, okay, I think we need to pay attention to this issue. So anyway, um, I'm looking forward to working with you on that, uh, on that new project and how we can get families and friends to uh, pay attention to our sage advice. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to say hi and thank you to our sponsors. I mean, Southern Trust Financial Planning is a, a great uh, financial planning company, and they're in Sarasota. And my friend Mark Wolf is the CEO, and they're a, a great company in that they also not only support this radio show, they, they actually ask me to come and do workshops for their clients. And I, I went to one of them where uh, we had 125 people in attendance. And I think, and I had some books at the, at the back of the room that my wife was selling. And I think I brought 100 books and she said in five minutes they were gone. They were, they, they were like $10 each and they, 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 they all bought a copy of it. And I think she pocketed that $1,000, by the way. Uh, because they, they all got to a lineup and said, you know, can we sign your book? And, and all of them had a question to ask. And finally, after about 45 minutes, the restaurant had to kick us out uh, because it, they were setting up for another event, uh, Southern Trust Financial. And uh, I, I think that you could use them as your financial planners, but, you know, find another company if you can in your area that does the same thing. The other one is uh, DHA Labs. DHA Labs has really advanced blood and urine and, and uh, genetic testing. And I've had a lot of referrals from the radio show and, and other, uh, other places that I've sent articles and stuff. People are now asking for these tests and they want to know, uh, yeah, can these tests really help me to be healthier? And they really can because these things, these tests are finding illness five to 10 years before they actually become disease. And so that's where DHA Labs is really uh, the cutting edge uh, uh, testing company in the country, in my opinion. And then uh, one of our other sponsors is Paddock Pools. And the CEO there is uh, Don Baker. And Don Baker is like the champion of wellness for all companies that I've ever worked with. I mean, he has a, an immune uh, uh, program that every employee gets as much vitamin C and vitamin D as they want. He has blood tests. He's using the artificial intelligence platform to find out what their scores are and how they can be healthier. I mean, this this guy is is really a, a champion of wellness in the workplace. So paddock pools, and they also have a, a great uh, swimming pool uh, accessory. It's a vacuum extractor that takes chlorine gas off the surface of the pool, eliminates about 95% of that gas, allows people to swim in really, really oxygen-rich water. And that's really, really important uh, to, to maintaining good health when you're swimming. And the fourth company is MPB Health. And they're a medical cost sharing company. And, and they're really an important part of this changing healthcare industry because insurance companies don't concentrate on wellness enough. And, and so this is a medical cost sharing company that has all the same services and, and, and products that 
a regular insurance company would have, only they share the expenses. So if you have an illness and, and you don't take good care of it and the costs go out to you, they get spread around everybody in, uh, that's in the organization. And so everybody has more responsibility for their health. And so this company is also promoting the blood test and the AI platform and other wellness things that will help these people to stay healthy. We need these kinds of organizations to be the cornerstone of, of our wellness system as we go forward. So I just wanted to mention those four and just say thanks to them for sponsoring our program. And thanks to Aubrey again for, I think, a great show. I appreciate everything you do. And I'm looking forward to working with you on the next protocol. Bye for now.